Welcome to the Abundant Soul Aligned Business Podcast, a show all about helping entrepreneurs to navigate building a profitable business as a spiritual woman without sacrificing time, money, or freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Bird, and I've built my own brand from the ground up. If you're ready to create your abundant spiritual business, but have no clue where to start, you're in the right place. I'm here to give you all the guidance and insights into what it takes to launch, scale, and succeed in business from the inside out. We cover the deep inner work of owning a business and the logistics and strategies of setting yourself up for mega success. So let's dive right in. Today we're talking all about how to know when to leave your nine to five job or your full-time job when you're starting a business. So this can be really scary. It honestly, starting a business is taking a risk and it can be difficult to know what the right time is, if you should leave your job, if you should stay, there's a lot of questions around it. But even though starting a business is a risk, the rewards are so worth it. You end up gaining your freedom, your freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of location. The world really opens up to you when you're not clocking in or out or chained to a company. Feeling like a slave to a job sucks. And no matter what it affords you, it's at a much greater expense, which is at the expense of your freedom. So starting a business is a really wonderful alternative to working for someone else. Tony Robbins says that you're either built as an employee or as an entrepreneur. And for those of us who are built as entrepreneurs, owning your own business can really help you get your life back. That being said, there is a right way and a wrong way to transition from your nine to five to your own business. So trust me, I've tried all the ways and I've figured this out. So if you do it wrong, you'll end up being broke, scared, and desperately looking for another job. You end up getting back into another job, staying there for a year, six months or whatever, hating it, and then quitting and starting the cycle all over again. I did this for years. so. I'm familiar, Um, but I'm going to take you through the steps that will help you to make the decision with grace this time, with supporting yourself through loving care, and to make sure that when you do leave your job, it's an easy transition that sets you up for success and is based in meeting your needs. So there's a handful of concerns, you know, when you're considering transitioning out of your job, there's a lot of things that you're juggling in your mind. You're thinking through a lot of different topics. Um, Do I have the money for it? Is it the right time? What will happen if it doesn't work out, right? There's all of these different topics. So I'm going to go through each one, one by one, and talk about kind of the different ways to consider it and how you can move through making this decision. So let's dive right in. The first one, which is the big one everybody's thinking about, of course, So here's how to set yourself up for success when looking at money. First thing you want to do, you're going to want to budget for however many months in advance that you want to have savings for. How long do you think it'll take to realistically get up and running and start in your business? Um, When I left my job the last time and was successful at it, I made sure that I had six months in savings. I could pay all of my bills 
for six months. That way, when I did leave my job, I felt really confident that I could leave and within those six months, get up and running and have, you know, my bills covered, my monthly bills covered. So then you're going to, so once you have that and have like your number, maybe it's not even six months. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm almost all the way there. I just need maybe two months worth of bills covered. That's totally fine. Maybe you're more comfortable with 12 months or two years, whatever it is for you, but just budget how far out you you need for savings in that money. Then you'll want to calculate how much you need to actually earn a month to make that happen once you are working for yourself. And you'll want to make sure that that time frame that you budgeted for is a feasible time frame for you to make that plan happen. So for instance, when I first left my job, I needed $4,000 a month to cover all of my bills for rent, for food, and then I also liked having some spending money. So it all ended up being about $4,000 a month. So I needed $4,000 a month for six months. And then I thought, okay, is that feasible to make when I'm starting out? Yes, that's a reasonable amount that I can make. So if you're just starting out, don't budget for $15,000 months. Don't plan to just say, okay, I'm going to bring in 30 clients every month when I have no audience, no email list, no connections, and I'm just getting started. Don't plan for those high yield months. You can make those happen, but you don't want to get out there and then be dependent on needing to make 15, 20 grand in a month in order to meet, you know, meet all your basic necessities. You want to make it a real plan that you can actually happen. So maybe when you start, you budget for, okay, when I do start getting clients and I am ready to bring them on, I'm going to start with a goal of having $3,000 months. You'll want to think of this goal as like, okay, does it scare you? Like it's a stretch, it's pushing you out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to take some action that you've never taken before and step into your leadership. Or does it scare you like this is life or death? So there's two different kinds of fear that you'll be feeling. And one is a fear of leaving your comfort zone, but it's still doable. It doesn't feel like it's going to kill you. (laughs) The other one is like, oh my God, I'm going to be homeless and my kids aren't going to be able to eat. And, you know, that's a much different quality of fear. We are going to talk about unpacking the fears and emotions here in a minute. But when you're thinking about how are you going to budget for your incoming you know, your first few months for your first incoming clients, are you budgeting at 20K months or budgeting it at 3K months? The 3K months is a little bit more realistic and that maybe doesn't make you feel like, oh my God, it's life or death. Then you also want to have a backup plan for finances. Okay, so what is it, what's going to happen? What's your backup plan if you don't end up bringing in the money that you're looking for? Even if it's very realistic, sometimes these things happen. Um, you know, it might be easy theoretically to like make the connections, network with people, but sometimes people do say no, and it can be hard to land your first few clients. So not to worry. Um, you do want to have a backup plan for what are you going to do if you need to make money? So a good one is like having a plan to get an easy job or a job that's easy to get, I should say, for some extra cash flow. So maybe you're not applying for, you know, another high level position at a company, but maybe you just pick up a waitressing job or you do cooking um, or you work in retail, something that doesn't make you think while you're outside of work, something that you don't have to bring home with you. You just show up, clock in, do whatever, and then you can leave and get back to it. 
On that note, one caveat to that is that I don't want you to get stuck in the idea of taking a job that is actually going to take you backwards. So for example, there was a time where I quit my job, I had a pretty cozy job, paid the bills at least. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave, got a couple months in savings, but I'm going to go and make this happen, this um, start my own business. But then what happened, because I didn't have the other steps in place, which I'm going to get to around time management, the energetics and facing my fears, all of that. I hadn't worked through that yet. So what happens is I pretty quickly ran out of money. And then the job that I ended up taking on was I ended up driving Uber. And this sucks. I highly discourage people from (laughs) driving Uber if you can avoid it. It was not a great experience. And what happened is it ended up taking me backwards because I could barely pay my bills, barely pay my bills. Oh my God, I was scraping by. It also was really dehumanizing in many ways, especially as a woman and especially driving around picking up people who were drunk. It ended up being pretty unsafe. There was a lot of really scary experiences that I had where I felt like my safety was in jeopardy. And ultimately it was really traumatizing. So then I was worse off than before, just picking up the side gig to make some extra cash. And then I did still take the trauma of the experiences with me outside of work. So then when I wasn't working, hustling, just to make ends meet, I ended up feeling so drained. My mental health was way way worse off. And I was like super dysregulated in my nervous system. And that is no place to be in to start a business. I didn't have the emotional capacity or the the energetic capacity, the nervous system capacity in order to step into my leadership to start a business. So then driving Uber just took over my life and I would have been better off at my nine to five. So make a plan, budget for how many months in advance, calculate how much you could realistically make in a month when you're you're first starting out, crunch the numbers, and then have a backup plan where you can get an easy job if it comes to that. But beware of the easy job, the jobs that are easy to get that actually take you backwards. So you want to always be moving forward. Okay. On that note, we've got all the money stuff figured out. Take some time to, to budget crunch those numbers, figure out what would work for you. The next thing is actually going to be more on energetics. So you'll want to think through kind of your energetic status when you're deciding, can I and should I leave my job right now while I'm starting my business? So the main energetic point that I want to talk about is a feeling of desperation. So the question that you want to ask is, am I desperate to leave my job? or will I be desperate to get clients? If you are desperate to get clients, like if you leave your job and then you're like, oh my God, I have to have so many clients or I'm not gonna pay my bills, right? I'm in that fear state. I didn't really have a backup plan. I didn't budget because I didn't listen to this podcast. So I don't know what's going on. You're gonna be really desperate to get your clients. And what will happen is that it will repel them. Even if you take all the right steps, even if you take all the exact business strategies, connect with people, have the conversations, your energetic standpoint, your point of desperation, even if you're talking to people in a sales call is going to repel them. They're going to say, oh my God, this person's so desperate and I can feel it. Even if they can't articulate it or put it into words or make sense of it, they're going to feel that desperation. So if you're going to have this energy of being desperate, I would encourage you to stay in your job 
for the time being. Like keep your job until you are secure enough that you're not gonna be desperate for clients. How do you do that? How do you get out of that desperation? You budget, you plan ahead, you make sure you have a backup plan for cash flow. So everything we just went over. Um, but if you're like, okay, if I leave this job and I'm gonna feel really scared about getting clients, newsflash, the clients aren't gonna come and you're gonna be taking a step backwards. So just stay in it until you feel confident you can bring on clients or even bring on clients while you're still working, which I'll get into here in a second around time management. That is definitely an option. Okay, now the flip side of this is if you're desperate to leave your job, if you're like, I'm working this nine to five, but I feel chained to it. I hate clocking in and out. This feels like I'm a slave to work. All I want to do is focus on taking these next steps in my business. That is going to end up draining your energy. It'll make you resentful to your job. And then it'll also repel potential clients. So you won't feel like you're embodying your leadership. You won't be able to bring in those clients. And at that point, in that scenario, I would suggest leaving your job. Again, make sure you've got the financial backup, you've got your savings, but if you're staying in your job just to have a little bit of extra cash, but it's at the expense of you being able to step into your leadership, then it's time to go reclaim your energy, put that towards um, building your business and bringing in the clients and then serving them. That's the caring, loving, supportive, nurturing way to leave your nine to five or decision to leave your nine to five while still also meeting your own needs and taking care of yourself. So ask yourself that question, am I desperate to leave my job or will I be desperate to get clients? Only you can answer that, of course, so lean into that. And then the next consideration that a lot of people are thinking of is the time. Okay, so there's two pieces to this. The first question is, is this the right time to leave my job, like the timing of it? And then the other piece is the actual time management. What are you gonna do with your time? So let's start with the first question. Is this the right time for me? A lot of people are like, well, I've got a lot going on, or if I can just get past the, you know, my kid's soccer season or whatever, then it'll be a right time for me. The truth is there's never a good time to go for your goals. You're always going to have responsibilities. So you need to start thinking through, is this the right time for me? Not just logistically, but also um, personally. Is this, is this the personally meaningful right time for me to move forward? And one thing I want you to do is like zoom out on your life. Zoom out as though you were looking at your entire lifespan from birth to death as though you were like a celestial being or an angel or something, whatever you believe in. And you're seeing your whole life from start to finish. And you see one version of this where you keep putting it off starting a business and you slave away at your job or you work for your job work at your nine to five forever and ever amen and then you finally get to starting your business or maybe you don't and you end up retiring at 60 70 whatever and my grandma retired at 80 uh, but 60 70 um, and then you finally get to enjoy your life so you're seeing a huge percentage a big portion of your life is going to working for someone else and then you finally maybe get to enjoy it but it's the last part of your life 
the last third of it or whatever. And then you have another version of this where you're looking at the full timeline and you're like, you know what? There was that time where I was working this nine to five job that I didn't really like. I knew I was meant for more and I had the courage to make the decision to go for it. It didn't seem even logistically like it was a good time for me, but I knew I was meant for something more. So I went ahead and did it. And then you've got the rest of your life of freedom, the rest of your life from that decision forward, you spent enjoying it and living in a state of freedom. And which version of this whole life do you want? That's what you wanna ask yourself. So really there's never a good time to do this. There's always gonna be responsibilities and logistics that you have to navigate around. And it can be easier to just like coast in life and just stay in your nine to five because you've got secure income and it's consistent and you know what's coming, but it holds you back from so much that you're meant for. So much more that we're meant as divine beings in this human experience is wasted just working for someone else's dream. Okay, so that was my little side rant. I didn't even plan to talk about it, but that's how I want you to think of it. Okay, so when starting a business, let's look at the actual logistics of it. When starting a business, you do have to juggle a lot of moving parts and you do have to invest some effort and energy to start. Once you get things up, then it's smooth sailing. So the sooner that you can like move through getting set, getting everything set up, the sooner you can get to the smooth sailing and enjoy your business on autopilot. So think about it this way. You likely won't be bringing in money while you're laying the foundation of all your structures and systems. It can happen fast, but I would encourage you to think about not quitting your job until you're ready to bring on clients. So here's what can happen. If you're spending all day building a website, creating an email funnel, working on your offer, yada, yada, there's a lot of business elements here. Those are all great things in moving you forward, but you end up being busy all day working. That was an air quotes, but they're not actually money generating or client generating activities. You still need to do them, but it's better to have your cash flow happening while you're setting it all up, meaning having your cash flow from your job still coming in while you're getting all of these structures and systems in place. The nice thing about continuing to work, and this is where you can kind of lean into, discern, navigate, finding that right time for you. Is this the right time to leave my job? The nice thing about this is as you're doing like the busy work of setting up your business, these are all things that you can easily do at night, on the weekends, in the morning, on your lunch break, when the kids are taking a nap or they're at after school care, whatever it is. And the reason you can fit this in anywhere, this particular type of work that you need in your business is because you don't have to actually interact with others in order to get it done. You don't have to set up meetings. You don't have to schedule appointments. You don't have to adjust for time zones. You don't have to whatever. There's a lot of coordinating when setting up time to work with other people, meaning your clients or folks that you might collaborate with. All of this busy work stuff, you can just fit it in where it's convenient for you. So if you're still working your day job, you still got your nine to five, that's okay. You can still put everything together and squeeze these other tasks in without feeling the pressure of getting them done so that you can get to connecting with clients. So that's one thing to think through. 
The other important thing to think through around time is time management. Okay, what are you actually doing with your time, whether you set aside time while still working full time, or whether you are have left your job and you go full time in your business, what are you actually doing with your time, how to how to manage it so that you can stay productive and continue moving forward. Okay, so two options here. One, if you want to stay in your job while starting your business. The other option is if you want to leave and you're working full time. So we'll start with those of you who are still working. There is a way to have both. So when you're first starting, and I did this too, it ended up working great. You can bring on clients and you will just bring them on outside of your work hours until you get to a point where your time you have available for clients is maxed out and you've got a wait list. People are like waiting to work with you, but you just don't have the time because your day is blocked off with your nine to five. So block off your lunch hour, um, an hour here or there before or after work, um, on the weekends, bringing on clients or working with clients, I should say, waking up an hour early or going to bed an hour late in order to do the business of your business. What I mean by that is all those tasks that you don't need to interact with someone else. Um, but then you also can block off a couple hours here and there for sales calls, for networking, for connecting, and then also, of course, having your client hours. So literally just get out a blank schedule or open up a blank schedule on your computer and then block out the hours that you're at work and then block out other hours throughout your week that you do have available for like, okay, you know, Tuesday evening, I'm working with, I can bring on an hour of client time here. Wednesday at my lunch hour for 30 minutes, I'm going to schedule my social media posts for the rest of the week, whatever it is. So you can work around your job schedule. Um, and then just know that over time, this won't be sustainable forever and ever. Amen. I mean, maybe it will be. A lot of people have businesses that they just do on the side, outside of their main job. But if you're looking to go full time and work for yourself full time, then, um, eventually you'll have a tipping point where you'll just need to leave your nine to five or even go part-time in your your nine to five or your full-time job and spend more hours dedicated to your clients and your business okay now the other option if you want to leave make sure this is the one thing i wish somebody had told me 20 years ago <laughs> make sure you have discipline in your schedule. Now, I don't mean discipline as punishment, like it's often used. I mean discipline as in committing to something and moving through it, dedicating yourself to something and then actually sticking with it and following through with what you say you want to do. So here's what happened when I didn't have discipline and I went ahead and quit my job without really a plan. I quit my job and then I had enough money and savings, but then I chilled and relaxed for six months <laughs> while I blew through those savings without a clear path or purpose on what I should be doing in my day. I didn't make any progress, partially because I was just lost. I didn't really know what the next step was, which is why it's so important to have a step-by-step -step process instead of just saying, well, I don't know, I'm just gonna work on my biz and then not actually making any progress and living large as though I had clients rolling in when I didn't. Um, so I was working on the wrong thing that wasn't moving me forward, or I didn't know what to work on. And so I was just kind of sitting around visioning or feeling like I was working, but just doing busy work or like building a Pinterest board for the vision that I wanted, 
whatever it was, but I didn't have any discipline about what I was supposed to be doing. And I didn't have it blocked out and didn't follow through with what I said I was going to do. So I just got overwhelmed. Executive function just falls apart. And you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And before you know it, the day is gone. The month is gone. The week is gone. The year is gone. And you're back looking for another job because your savings are gone too. Okay. So how do you remedy this? Two major pieces. The first one is just make sure you have a step-by-step process that you're actually following. What are the priorities in your business? What are the goals? What are the quickest things that you can do to get you there? Instead of curating the perfect Instagram profile and spending a whole day writing, you know, your your deciding what your handle is or writing a description for your bio, um, you're actually looking at, okay, if my goal is to make X amount of number, X amount of dollars, I need X amount of number of clients, and I need to talk to X amount of number of people and build those relationships in order to get those clients, then here are the things that I need to do, right? Curating a perfect Instagram is not that thing. It's not going to get you there. So that's the first thing is to just have a clear step-by-step process. I do share my step-by-step process in the Abundant Solo Line business, which I can talk about here in a minute but it is very helpful to actually know what you're doing. Then once you know what you're doing, we've all got the, we all know about this, but actually doing it and implementing it makes a world of a difference. So the next thing to do is to actually time block your schedule, like I just mentioned. So you can either do this while you're having a job and block off the 40 hours a week in your job, or if you don't, if you leave your nine to five, you can still block it out too. I also would suggest if you're planning on leaving your nine to five, this be a part of that process. Unless you're like, oh my God, if I stay here one more day, I'm going to kill somebody, then just quit and make this afterwards. But if you're like, you know what, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice as a part of that, block out your time for when you are working and then also block out that time for that first week out of your job. Because what you're going to want to do is just go to the pool, relax, chill in the hot tub, and maybe you do schedule a week for that of just resting, rejuvenating, relaxing. 100% fine. Um, But don't schedule six months to do that (laughs) because then you'll be out of money uh, and looking for the next job. But block it off and actually put it on your calendar a month in advance if you need to and block off the time. So in order to do time blocking, here are my two points for this. One is to have, so it's to have two different lists that you're actually putting on your calendar. The first list is going to be the ongoing tasks that you need to have to devote your time to in order to keep your business up and running. So the ongoing tasks that you need to do to keep your business up and running once it's going. So this would be a list like talking, taking people through the client flow. So this is connecting with people, having sales calls, inviting them into those sales calls, onboarding them once they say yes, and then actually serving them through coaching, counseling, whatever it is, whatever your business is, however you serve your clients. So taking people through the client flow, content marketing, writing your blogs, recording your podcast, making your social media posts and scheduling them out, writing your email list, running ads, connecting with affiliates. If you're going to be a guest on someone else's podcast to reach their audience, you don't have to do all of these things. And in fact, I would tell you not to do all of these things when you're first starting, but ultimately you will need time blocked off in your week 
to record the podcast and get it posted. That's not going to happen on its own. Even if you outsource it to someone else and hire someone else to do all the tech work, you still need to devote time in your week to running your podcast. Okay. Or whatever it is that you're doing for content marketing. So a list of taking people through your client flow, content marketing tasks, managing your finances. So budgeting, paying taxes, paying your bills and things like goal setting. So launches, mapping out your year. When am I going to do what in my business? Having time for actually setting those goals, mapping it all out. So that's your first list that you can block off on your calendar is ongoing tasks that you need to devote time to in order to keep your business up and running. Now in the abundance solar line business, not only do I give you the step-by-step process of what you should be doing first and in what order, um, but I also give you some sample schedules for if you're working full-time, how to fit all this in. And then if you're in the up and running phase where you're just getting things started and building the foundations of your business, what your calendar should look like or can look like. And then ultimately what your calendar could be when you're bringing in a six figure income, seven figure income, bringing in clients, you have a full caseload and you have freedom, you have time, you have can spend time with your friends and family, your loved ones. You don't have to sacrifice by having a full packed calendar, but your business can run on its own. So I give you kind of some different options there. But ultimately, once your business is up and running, you need to dedicate time to these certain tasks. The other list that you'll have might be for where you are now, which is in that transition phase. And this is when you're just, it's a, it's a list of like, what are the tasks and next steps that I need to do? So this could be things like building your sales page, getting your scheduler set up, um, like Calendly or Acuity. How are people going to book with you? Uh, creating your opt-in or getting your email list up and running, all of the tech pieces or all of the like little tasks that you need to do, just the million next steps that you need to take before your business is on autopilot. So what you can do is take these two, and and that second list are going to be things that once you check it off, you don't have to do it over and over again. You might revisit your sales page if you've got new content or your program develops or you start a new program, but you just do the task once and then it's off your list. So when you're time blocking, fill in, here's the other big piece is fill in your time blocks and schedule 40 hours for your job while you're still in it. Those 40 hours free up for you. Once you leave your job, you're going to put in the time blocks, but here's the key. You're not just going to say, okay, I'm going to time block it for working on my business from one to three. That's not going to cut it because you're going to get to 1 p.m. when you have time to work on your business or 1 to 1.30 if it's your lunch hour or whatever. And then you're not going to know what to do and you're going to have so many tasks that you won't even know where to start. So you'll have, you know, executive dysfunction and (laughs) you won't be productive. So instead of just saying working on my business from 1 to 3, you're going to block off that time on your calendar and write in adding payment link to sales page, emailing five people for my next workshop location, scheduling social media posts through the end of the week from one to three. You'll put your actual task list for that hour, for that dedicated time, and then that's what you'll do. So that's the key too, is you have to actually stick to it. If you wanna stay in your job until you're up and running, here's the other thing to think through. This goes back to that, like, is this the right time piece? 
I want you to decide on like a tipping point as a milestone for transitioning out. So maybe this tipping point is once I get three client spots filled, I think, I think my tipping point was once I got four clients, then I would have enough money to pay my bills through the end of the year. And then I was confident I could leave something like that. So maybe you've got a certain number of client spots filled, or you have three workshops booked or that you're planning on leading where you've got an audience and can convert them into clients. Or maybe your website is done and all the tech pieces are done, and then you actually are ready to start connecting with people full time. Whatever it is, have that tipping point milestone and then have a goal date for getting there. That'll keep you using those hours that you've blocked off in your time, your time blocking. You'll actually use those hours for that you do have for being productive and working towards that goal. So the time blocking is really helpful in just knowing what to do when and having a schedule that's actually manageable. Having details on those time blocks for what are you actually doing and then having a tipping point milestone for okay once i've got these particular pieces done by this certain date, then I will feel good leaving my job so that's how you can do it. The same thing goes if you have already left your job or if you plan on leaving it in like two weeks have those milestones that are attainable and set the actual dates and then block off your calendar and put those tasks in there so you might have to devote some time each week to actually planning your week it takes a little bit of time away from actually working on your business but if you devote the time to this to getting your whole week planned out and what tasks you want to do where and by what time you want to have them completed it'll keep you actually making progress all week towards leaving your job instead of just hanging out or spending that time scrolling instagram because you want some inspiration and you don't really know what to do so it's worth it it is an investment that you get a return on that is helpful for keeping you moving forward Okay, just want to take a pause here because what we've gone over so far is money, energetics, that desperation piece, and then the right time and time management. So we've already gone over some huge pieces for what you're considering when leaving your job. These are, these are the major things. The final thing I want to talk about, I honestly think is going to be the most important thing to think through. Money, how you're, you know, like how you're spending your time do i have enough money anybody can figure that out anybody can sit down crunch the numbers look at a schedule and figure out where can i fit this in the biggest thing that holds people back from actually moving forward and taking that next step in their job and leaving their job starting their business beginning the life that they were meant to live all along is the fear of taking a risk so I want to spend the last segment talking about unpacking your fears and give you my favorite um, process that I go through myself for unpacking those fears and learning how to move through them. Now, the first thing I want to say <laughs> on fears is that, you know, a lot of people suggest taking fearless action. And I've got a whole kind of monologue I could give on this. <laughs> Not that this whole podcast isn't already a monologue, um, but I could give a whole talk on the difference between fearless action 
in fearful action. Now, at first glance, people are going to tell you, take fearless action. Just go for it with, you know, without abandon, whatever. But the problem is, if you tell yourself, I'm going to take action when I don't feel afraid anymore, you'll never take action. It will never happen. We all feel fear. It's a basic, fundamental experience of being human. It's part of the human experience. And to say, I should get rid of this is just ineffective. It just is not possible. You can't make yourself not feel afraid. So I advocate for people taking fearful action. That's right. Fearful, not fearless. And the reason for that is because fearless action is not realistic. It's not something that you can actually do. And so many people hold themselves back from taking that next step because they feel fear and they don't feel like they, you know, they don't feel the fearlessness. And so they don't take any action and then they never get their desires. So it's just not an effective strategy for creating the life that you want. So when we're talking about unpacking our fears, taking this risk, um, I don't want you to think that you should not have fear because there will be fear as a part of this process. Trust me, I've been in this business for a long time and that fear still comes up for me. I still have days where I feel scared out of my mind, but I take the action feeling the fear. I go through with it anyway. So that's the the caveat to start this conversation around unpacking your fears, which is a really honestly a crucial, if not the most crucial step in deciding whether it's time to leave your job. Okay, so the reason that we have fear around taking this risk is because with any risk, there is there are potential outcomes that are unknown. There are outcomes that are great, that are wonderful, that leads you into your life of divine purpose where you can finally start living fully. And there's also potential outcomes that are not ideal, that are really scary. So one of my favorite quotes by Dr. Phil, who I know is can definitely be problematic for many reasons, but I still love a lot of what he says too. <laughs> and also it's just good like trash TV, you know. Um, anyway, we all get to indulge in our vices at some point. Mine is Dr. Phil. So one of my favorite quotes by him, by him, and maybe he's not the first person who said it, but it's the person I heard it from, is if you choose the behavior, you choose the consequences. And Dr. Phil's background is in forensic psychology, so in the judicial system, and which is definitely problematic here in the States. Uh, but I love this idea. So he's, he's using this in the context of like, look, if you do the crime, you do the time. You know, if you choose to take an illegal action, you are also choosing to be, you know, held to consequence. Um, but I love this because it also comes up when looking at these fears around starting a business. So what the implication is, is that we all have this unconscious belief of like, okay, if I choose to take this risk, I'm also choosing for those bad outcomes. I'm choosing to face the consequences of what if it all goes wrong. The worst case scenario, I am choosing that. And this is just like basic responsibility. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're into self-responsibility (laughs) because those are the type of people I attract. Um, And so I don't want this fear of the worst case scenario to hold you back because while it might be true that those things could possibly happen, anything can happen in this beautiful reality that we get to co-create i'm going to help you walk through those fears and recognize that it's not actually likely to happen and so you don't have to be hung up on those terrible consequences 
So here's how we do that. We're gonna go through an exercise to weigh out the potential worst case scenario, but then we get to even it out with looking at the potential best case scenario. And then once you have both of those out in front of you, you can really weigh, you can lean in, go in within yourself, tap into your inner wisdom and help make that decision. But if you don't go through this process or if you don't at least look at these two options, of like what's the worst consequence? What's the greatest potential outcome? Then they're gonna be happening within you even unconsciously and will drive your decisions without your participation. So it's great for you to sit down and look at this and say, okay, I'm going to bring my cognitive self. I'm going to bring my brain online and participate in this process of worrying about the worst case and also being really excited about the best case scenario. So here's the process for doing that. First, you'll start with journaling out your fears you'll journal out your fears of everything that could go wrong. I literally did this. I have my journal still with the pages still written in there of when I did this. So then you're gonna have a chance to reality check them. So first write out all your fears of everything that could go wrong and then reality check them. Is this realistic? So for me, my biggest fears when I wrote this out was repeating my pattern of feeling super high, like I knew I could be successful. I had something to share with the world. I was so excited, so I left my job. And I was like, I can do this. But then reality hit of being broke. I didn't have the right steps to take, so I just blew through my money. And then I'd have to hustle which was really damaging to my mental health and my soul. I even told you, I used to drive Uber and, you know, whatever, worked at jobs that really sucked, felt really dehumanizing. So my worst case scenario fear was not trusting myself to be disciplined if I did leave my job. I had the free time, but I'd be lazy. And then I'd have to go back to hustling just to make ends meet, driving Uber, but I still wouldn't be able to afford rent. And then I'd be homeless. And then I'd have to live in my car. And then I'd live the rest of my life in squalor or on the street, making friends with the pigeons, like the lady from home alone. And I would just suffer for the rest of my life. That's my biggest fear. Or I would like live on the street and somehow accidentally get pricked by um, a needle with heroin in it. And then I'd become addicted to heroin. <laughs> I would be like just a crackhead on the street. I just had these like really big fears around homelessness, somehow getting addicted to drugs and like being completely out of control in my life. And also pigeons were involved for some reason. Um, pigeons are very cute, but I don't want them being my only friends. So that's my worst case scenario. So write that out for yourself. What does it look like? I also found that there were some intergenerational traumas that I was carrying. Like I was really worried that I was gonna have some of the experiences my grandmother had or my mother had when they got older. And they just weren't, realistic for me. So this is where you get to facts, fact check, write that all out, go down the deepest, darkest holes. What's the worst thing you can think of? And then take a look and say, how likely is this going to happen? Now going through my story, my biggest fears, and you can write out, you know, you can fact check this for yourself. But for me, it was like, okay, well, none of this is going to happen for a few reasons. One of them is that I'm resourceful enough to make ends meet. I have gone through hell and back and I know how to get myself out of that. So I'm not all of a sudden gonna be wildly incompetent. I can get a job that's not dehumanizing and make ends meet. Even if I have to move in with a roommate or 
I'm not going to end up living with, you know, like whatever it is, I'm not going to end up living with pigeons. Like I am resourceful enough to get myself out of that situation. If I ever do land in it, I won't have to live that for the rest of my life. And I likely won't end up in that situation anyway, because of that resourcefulness. The other reason this is not realistic, aside from just the logistics, is that I'm also not an energetic match for squalor and poverty. There were years that I was an energetic match for that. My energetic minimum was so low that I had over negative $1,000 in my bank account on a regular basis. I actually have kept those screenshots for all these years because it was such a low point but not anymore. My energetic minimum now is way higher. So it's like energetically not possible for me to manifest that amount of suffering. So when you start looking through your worst case scenario, it's like, okay, yeah, this probably isn't gonna happen. So I don't have to let this worst case scenario fear, this worry about this worst case scenario be running the show. And if you don't address it, if you don't acknowledge it, then it unconsciously is contributing to your decision-making process. And getting it out on paper, laying it out in front of you, taking stock, really looking at what's going on with you with these internal emotions, and then going, okay, is this really that realistic? That allows you to say, yes, I've considered this as an option, but it doesn't have to be part of my decision-making process. That'll help you decide whether you should stay or leave in your nine to five, because this kind of stuff comes up for everybody. Everybody has these worries. I don't care how much of a silver spoon you had in your mouth when you were born. Everybody has, maybe it's not worries of being homeless, like my was my big fear was but everybody's got fears of like what's the worst possible thing that can happen just part of being human we were built that way now we get to go on to the fun stuff and this is where we get to journal out all the opportunities so one of my favorite quotes that i i made this up didn't come from dr phil this came from me (laughs) is start with yes and expect the best start with yes and expect the best now the reason i have this quote is because a lot of members of my family start with no. It's like, oh, I wanna do this thing, but here's why I can't. Oh, I want, I want this thing, but no, I can't have that. Or, you know, I've got this desire, this goal, this dream, but here's the long list of reasons that I'm starting with no, this isn't possible for me. And guess how much progress you can make with starting with no, not very much. So I start with yes, and then in that start, meaning I start with the belief that I can have my desires. I start with the belief that yes, even if there are obstacles along the way, it is still achievable for me. I still hold on to the hope as the biggest priority, the hope, the the vision, the dream, and that it is possible. And then expecting the best is saying, okay, yeah, there might be obstacles, but I know that I can get through them. So I'm not gonna focus on the obstacles. I'm gonna focus on how it gets to be easy and the things that are moving well. So now we get to journal out the, the start with yes and expect the best possibilities. If you, if you can use your imagination for the worst case scenario, you can use that same imagination capacity for the best case scenario. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for our best case scenario. Our survival mind, our survival skills as humans, as part of the human race, 
encourage us to focus on the worst case scenario so that we can survive. But those skills are no longer useful for us. We are not cavemen and women. We are people who live in the 21st century. <laughs> We're in the new millennium. We don't need to worry about a saber tooth tiger coming after us. And so let's shift using our imagination from starting with no to starting with yes. Now, what could be a best case scenario if you leave your job? Here's one for me. Maybe it's that I make the right connections, I land a bunch of clients faster than I could ever even imagine, and I make so much more money than I did in my business that I have freedom in my time, I get my business on autopilot way faster than I was planning. I can pay off all my debt, be free from student loans. I can now work from anywhere in the world. I can travel in luxury all over the world, reaching far reaching cultures while also making a real impact on women's lives. See how energetically that is such a big difference from I'm going to go be a homeless person who's friends with pigeons living in my car in New York City with the Home Alone kid, Macaulay Culkin, to wait a minute, this gets to be easy. It can be so it can happen so much faster than I plan. Yes, I have a backup plan. I've budgeted out what you know I need for the next six months to make this transition smooth so I'm not setting myself up for failure. But even with all of those backups, this still can happen so much quicker. It can be better than I ever could even imagine. And then fact check that. So if we fact check our fears, we also get to fact check, uh, fact check, man, that's hard to say, our opportunities and our vision. Can that really happen? This one's a lot more realistic. Yeah, that definitely could happen. I definitely could make the right connection. Definitely could get clients faster than I was imagining. I definitely can have a lot of money in my business. And the reason I know this, even though it's not a guarantee, but it absolutely can happen. The reason I know this is because I have so much evidence out there for people who are way less capable, way less competent, less confident, less wise, have less wisdom, less experience who are out there creating what I want, creating more than what I even envisioning, doing it with ease, and they have half the skills that I have and half the skills that you have. So just remember that if these folks can do it, and I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but what I'm saying is there's a lot of people out there who aren't even planning on getting better. <laughs> they don't even want to improve. And they're making wonderful things happen. There is so much evidence that this has worked for people. Hell, if you need to use me as an example of evidence for success, then just if I can do it, then you can do it. If those people can do it, then I can do it. It is absolutely possible. So this is way more realistic than me having this worst case scenario. But the worst case scenario takes up a lot more energetic and emotional space within you if you don't address it. So we fairly fact-checked both. And then once you've journaled both of these out and gone through, then you get to feel into your body. Does it make sense to stay at your job or leave? How are you feeling right now? Like listen to your inner intuition, listen to your inner wisdom. Your body has so much to tell you, your heart, your soul, all of that gets to come online. Your true higher power self gets to come online and be present within you when you're focusing on the best case scenario. That's part of the manifestation and vision process. So, you know, think through, is it the right time? Has the timeline that you thought you wanted shifted? 
So for me, when I did this, I remember I was really desperate to get out of my job. If you remember, I talked about that earlier. I was so eager to get out. But then after doing this exercise of worst case and best case scenario, I realized that I didn't really have to resist my job so much. I didn't enjoy doing what I was doing, but I actually stayed longer than I originally planned because I knew that while I set everything up, it was good to have that income coming in. And I also knew that I wasn't going to be stuck there forever. When I felt stuck there forever, because I had all these worries going on about the worst case scenario, like I have to have this job or else I'm going to be homeless living with the pigeons. Then I felt so much resistance and panic inside of me. That's where I had that, that desperation was coming from is like, this isn't it, but I can't leave. And that energy like made me want to leave right away. Once I went through the best case scenario and went through all these steps I just took you through, really evaluated everything. Then I was in a place of possibility. My emotions were settled instead of in my nervous system was regulated instead of fearing, feeling panic and fear and disempowerment. I felt like, oh, okay, there's real potential here. This is a real opportunity for me. And I know the next steps to do, and I'm perfectly capable of taking them. So I don't actually have to resist this job so much. I can just kind of hang out, quiet, quit, um, like kind of half-ass my work, and then know that I can leave when it's the right time. But it still gave me that option to like set everything up while I was still had an income stream. So it gives you more freedom. So that's my favorite way to address each one of these topics could have been a whole podcast in and of itself. I know this one's going a little long, but there are so many elements to consider when thinking about leaving your job. And I wanted to really thoroughly walk you through each one. There's money considerations. Go back and listen to that. Crunch the numbers, write it all out, pull out the calculator and figure out what is a realistic approach to setting yourself up for success so that you have enough money to not be desperate. Then there's the time piece. Really, how are you using your time? Whether you have limited time right now because you are still working 40 hours a week or whether you your time completely opens up and you've got a free schedule, how are you using it? Um, then there's the energetic pieces. Are you really desperate? Are you going to repel clients if you leave your job too soon? Are you going to resent your job if you can't leave it soon enough? And then there's working with the fears. So how do you work through those fears? Fear inevitably comes up when you're taking risks, and this is just inherently a risk. And so work through those. Worst case scenario, fact check it. Best case scenario, fact check it. And then lean into your inner wisdom after doing that. So there is a whole process to this and, you know, deciding whether to leave your job is just the beginning. And you can see how much content is here just in deciding to leave the job, just in making this one decision. There is so much to unpack and there's things to unpack that are external, like your budget and your time management. And there's things to unpack that are internal, like your energy and your fears. And this is the exact balance of things that I take my clients through in the Abundant Soul Align Business building program. And this is where, okay, once you quit your job, if you decide to do so, then what? Now what do I do? And I gave you a lot of skills for how to manage your time and schedule and like what to fill in in your time box. But there is a real process that is heart-centered that addresses the internal experience of building a business 
Because let me tell you, it ain't for the faint of heart, okay? If you're building a business, I like to think of it like holding a mirror up to yourself where your business is a reflection of all of the fears, all of the wisdom, all the insights, all the opportunities, all the insecurities you have. Everything in your inner experience is reflected in your business and your business decisions, how you show up in leadership. So if you're looking for someone to guide you through those inner steps and the practical steps, you still also have to have the right strategies in the right order of building a heart-centered business so that you can create that freedom that you want in your life. So you can do it with ease and grace and self-love and setting yourself up with success rather than setting yourself up to fail. Join me in the Abundant Soul Align business. This is a 12-week program that walks you step-by-step, again, in the right order, through that exact process of creating your business foundations so that you can make a lot of money, make an impact on others in the world, spend more quality time with your loved ones, have the freedom to really live your life fully and do it now. So we build out those business foundations and I help you do all of the deep inner work. It's not enough just to know the strategies. Trust me, I had the strategies for years before I did the inner work. And that's once I did both, that's when my business took off. So if you're ready to do this, um, you want to start today, learn more, join today. The website is sarahbirdcoaching.com. S-A-R-A-H, bird is B-Y-R-D. So sarahbirdcoaching.com slash forward slash ASA dash biz B I Z. So it's Abundant Soul Align Business is the name of the program. So the URL is sarahbirdcoaching.com slash ASA dash biz. Uh, you can find the link here um, below so you'll be able to see it. But yeah, if you have any questions, if you've got any thoughts, if you decide to quit your job or if you had a breakthrough and decided to stay longer, message me. I would love to hear your feedback on um, your takeaways from this podcast, this episode, this show. So please send me a message. I love hearing from people, listeners, clients, um, and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much. 